This one's going to look a little bit like the Table of Nations. Not a lot a bit like it, just a little bit like it. But um, that makes sense because the Table of Nations was kind of the, the opening to everything that led to Abraham. And now we are closing the book on his story, as it were. Yeah, last time um, Isaac got a wife. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we had another happy chapter last time. Yeah, somebody the, the, ring the wedding bells. Yeah, yeah, we got kind of an, an Edenic uh, setup, and uh, like Josh said, it looks like things are working. We have a new Adam. We have a new Eve, and uh, we met, we met yeah. this cool guy named Laban. He seemed like he was all right. Yeah, although his he's named after uh, or or named along the lines of the bricks from Babel, so that's not a great sign. I was just um, trying to plant the seeds of like Laban seems like he's okay, but his, yeah. name, his name doesn't really lend anything to him. Exactly. Yeah. He he his behavior seemed pretty uh pretty warm, pretty receptive, pretty charitable. Um but yeah, we 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 get this this hint that maybe this guy might not be the most upstanding or reliable due to the fact that he his name recalls to mind the Tower of Babel. Yeah, and as we talked about last time, it's not because they wanted Rebecca to stay with them for a while. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, that was more normal. Yeah. For them to want her to stay with them for a little bit. So. Yeah, okay. So this time, uh, we are going into Genesis 25. Now, Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore to him Zimran and Jokshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shua. Jokshan became the father of Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim and Letushim and Leumim. The sons of Midian were Ephah and Epher and Hanach and Abidah and Elda'ah. Actually, I don't know if that's Hanach or Hanach, but whatever. All these were the sons of Keturah. Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward to the land of the east. These are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man and satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron the son of Zohar the Hittite, facing Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, there Abraham was buried with Sarah his wife. It came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived by Be'er Lahai Roi. Now these are the records of the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's maid, bore to Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael, by their names in the order of their birth. Nebaioth, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, and Adbil, and Mibsam, and Mishma, and Duma, and Masa, Hadad, and Tuma, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedemah. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their villages and by their camps, twelve princes according to their tribe. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years. And he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt, as one goes toward Assyria. He settled in defiance of all his relatives. Now these are the records of the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren, and the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. 
The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples will be separated from your body, and one people will be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. When her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first came forth red, all over like a hairy garment, and they named him Esau. Afterward his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was sixty years old when she gave birth to him. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a peaceful man living in tents. Now Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, First sell me your birthright. Esau said, Behold, I am about to die, so of what use then is the birthright to me? And Jacob said, First swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Okay, so I'm going back to the top. Uh, he took another wife. We don't know at what time. It, a lot of people like to say that it was after Sarah died, but... That's we, what's implied. Yeah. Um, but we we don't know. We just know that... Um, they had kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get her name, uh, Ketura, uh, which seems to come from Qatar to produce smoke, so her name speaks of, like, incense. Um, so, you know, kind of a, a a pleasurable aroma, especially if this is following the death of Sarah. Um, this would be something to, um, I guess, ki kind of be soothing following the death of his wife. Sure. Yeah. Because, like, even at the end of the last chapter, Isaac was comforted by his wife after the death of his mother. Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of going along that same line of thinking. It's like, yep, Abraham... If, if we are going to go ahead and assume that the sequence is that Sarah died and then he took her as his wife, it was um, a comfort to him. Mm-hmm. And, and also, we'll find this out later... Um, but, uh, it seems like it is okay to remarry if you've lost a spouse. So this is like, like the proper sequence, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, even though Abraham already had another wife in Hagar before then. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, he had a concubine. This is like the redemption of that situation. Exactly. Exactly. But then it's it's almost muddied again because there's we're we're getting ahead of the names here. But um, Abraham gave all he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward. And that's the cultural side of it, right? Abraham was still living in his culture, mm -hmm. um, and he he moved away from it quite a bit because of his dedication to Yahweh. But he was still very much influenced by it. He was still very much living in it. Yeah. Um. We don't know how many concubines he had. But we can assume this isn't referring to Ketorah or Hagar because they were specifically titled as his wives. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't actually know how many kids Abraham really had, but right. um, the ones that are highlighted are the ones through his marriages. Because mm -hmm. they yep. would have been the more legitimate children. Exactly. Anyway, let's get into the names of Keturah's children through Abraham. Yeah, we got, a, we got a few to go through here. Yes. Um, yeah, so the first of Abraham's sons we have listed here is Zimran. Uh, that seems to come from Zamar, to prune, or praise. So this could be one who makes music or one who prunes. So Abraham has a gardener as one of his sons. Hey, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's pretty Edenish. Yeah, that's awesome. And then we get Jokshan, uh, who seems to come from the verb yachosh, uh, or kush, to lay a snare. So this guy is one who sets a trap or a fowler, the guy trying to catch burbs. Hey, wait a um, second. That's pretty serpentish. That's not cool. Yeah. Also, yeah. even though eating animals is okay now, you don't want to set traps. Exactly. For people. Exactly. Yeah, so th this this is actually going to come up later. the The concept of the one setting the snare in the Psalms, as as being akin to the snake. 
So, mm. my goodness. yeah. Gosh so we it. we had we had a gardener. Now we've got a now we've got a snaky person. We've got a trapper. So things started off encouraging. Now eh? his next two sons, Madan and Midian, their names both come from the same root, Madon, which means strife, and Din, uh, judge. So. Both of their names are basically the same name. They're slightly different, but they both mean strife and mm. harsh judgment, basically. Darn so, um, we don't know why they have such similar names um, and are listed next to each other. Um, Maybe they're twins. That's very possible. Uh, and it's possible that they, uh, similar to what we saw toward the end of this chapter, um, kind of had a a rivalry between themselves which influenced this naming but um yeah regardless well, huh? uh well we could even <clears throat> obviously Simeon and, Simeon and Levi don't have the same uh phonetic similarity but it could be a similar thing where it's like they were kind of like partners in crime with each other yeah that's also possible <laughs> but yeah, regardless, uh, one of them is going to be very important later. Um, We're not going to tell you so, which one. <laughs> no. Just keep an eye out. Um, or read ahead have... if you want. <laughs> that's true. But that's cheating. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm encouraging people to read their Bible. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, y'all aren't allowed to read your Bible till next week. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Please don't take that seriously. If you would like to read your Bible, read but your we Bible. Would, we would like, like for you to read your Bible. You go That's ahead. You do it. I am encouraging you. If you need a sign to You're read ready, your Bible, man. this is it. <laughs> read it. <laughs> Amen. All right. Um, so then we have uh, Ishbak, uh, which seems to come from the verb Shabak. And that may sound a little bit familiar if, if you have read way ahead in your Bible and gotten to the New Testament where Jesus is on the cross and he quotes the, the psalm saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Sabach means to leave or forsake. Ooh. So um, this guy is named after being forsaken. Not a very happy name. No, no, there's, there's definitely a pattern in, in Abraham's son's names, uh, and it's not a good one. No. Um, then we have Shua, um, this could be from the verb Shua, which denotes position toward, or motion toward a low position, being brought low. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, the concept of prostration putting yourself down low before somebody in, in respect. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean that it, it could be more like negatively being brought low. Um, it could also come from the verb shawat to cry out for salvation or yasha to save. Um, so it could be a cry for help as well. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified so, because, um, my first thought, it's a different word now, I realize, but my first thought was, oh, this is like Lot going down into the valley, like seeking low mm. places, but that's that's right, different. Right. Going down is different than being brought low. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Lot made a conscious decision to go down into the valley. To be brought low seems to imply somebody is is suppressing you. And yeah, or, you. or choosing to submit mm -hmm. in that way. Exactly. To bring yourself low. Yep. Um, and then after, uh, Shua, um, we are then told, hey, Jokshan had some kids. The first of his sons was Sheba, which, hey, that's kind of familiar. We've touched on the concept of Sheba. Um, that, that's the word for seven or an mm -hmm. oath. So that's, that's interesting. I wonder Think why the, that, yeah. Huh. Think, think of the Sheba use or Big Air Sheba. Mm -hmm. so yeah, exactly. Like they did that on purpose. Whoa. Oh my gosh. How right? about that? <laughs> yeah. So we, we don't know why exactly. <laughs> What's his your name? name Seven. Is. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't know exactly why that's his name. Um, Is he the seventh kid? That's possible. Uh, well, no, because he's the firstborn of Jokshin, as far as we're told. Well, Jokshin that is that the is the seventh that is the seventh descendant of Katura, though. Jokshin is. Yeah. Ben. No, no, Sheba. Sheba is the seventh descendant. The of seventh Keturah. in the list. Yeah, because the six sons of Katura, and then the first grandson of Katura. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. I like how they were like, okay, how many do we have? This this one's going to be the seventh. Okay, great. <laughs> we'll just name seven. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, we will not... see. Go ahead. We will see this come up in uh, in a name later uh, that, that relates to David. Um, her oh name gosh. isn't exactly this, but uh, but yeah. Just She's not exactly a seven that. either. No. <laughs> No, apparently she was a 10. Um, a little too 10. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to that much later. Um, and then we have Dedan, who, hey, we've seen that name before. That came up in the Table of Nations. This is just a different guy with that name, uh, likely from the verb da-da, to move or lead slowly. So this could speak of leading gently, um, you know, kind of a soft-spoken leader, perhaps. Um so, um, this time, instead of having a Hamite by the name of Didan, we have a Shemite by the name of Didan. Ooh. That's fancy. Um, so there's kind of a reappropriation of this name in a way. Very interesting. So this is, this is a, both of Jokshan's sons seem to have slightly more positive names, um, than most of Abraham's sons through Keturah. So things might be moving in a good direction. Um, let's see what Dedan's son's names were. Uh, we have the... the. We aren't told specifically their names. We're, we're given plural people groups. Um, the the Asherim, the Letushim, and the Leumim, that, that im at the end means plural. So we're just given these are which people groups were his descendants. So we have the... Ashurim, which seems to come from Ashar, uh, to go straight on, or Yashar, to be level, straight up, and just. So these are happy, upright people. So that's a good oh, thing. That's pretty good. Yay! We'll see Ashar come up later. Um, then we have the Letushim, which seem to come from Latash, to hammer or sharpen. So these are the metal workers. We've well, had that kind wasn't of mixed good in the history past. with yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't um, so good before the flood. That was, exactly. that was Cain people. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, we're getting a bit of a mixed bag here. And then we have the Leumim, which is just the people, the Leom nation or people. Then we have the people, and by that we yeah. mean the people. What's your yeah, tribe, exactly. people? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're really not animals, guys. Exactly. Hi, baby. Yes, I am we're real people. Beings. You want to go hunt deer? It makes me think of... Ah, yes, I am real boy. Do you want to ride skateboards? That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I was... Uh... Exactly. Yeah, so um, then we change gears and we stop looking at Jokshan's descendants and we start looking at Midian's descendants. So here are some of the descendants of Strife. Um, oh, no. We have Epha, uh, which seems to come from the noun Epha, which means gloom. Uh, so not a super great name. Gloom. Um, <laughs> And then we have Efer. Hey, we've touched on this before. Afar, to be malleable or dust-like. That's the same as Efron. Um, Don't be like dust. Yeah, so we got it. We got a dusty boy. Um, and then we have uh, Hanak uh, to interrogate or train. Or sorry, inaugurate or train. My bad, I misread that. Um. Unforgiven. So this is, I can't believe. Uh... <laughs> so this is from the same root as Enoch, um, you know, the one who was born to Cain and and the city was named after when the gates were hung, likely, uh, as like the wow. establishment of the city. Um, but also the guy that didn't die. Exactly. Yeah, there was also one in in uh, Seth's line who seemed to be a very unique person. 
So yeah, that was um, kind of weird. Yeah, this isn't exactly the same name. It just seems to be from the same root. Um, so from from Strife's line, we have a little bit of a mixed bag. We have gloom, we have dust, but now we have inauguration and and instruction. That could be a good thing, but it could also be the the whole thing with the city, which cities have not been a good thing up to this point. But, um, uh, well, and even even instruction, we haven't really we don't really have a basis for it. We know that God gives instruction, true, but but we don't have the instruction yet. Right, right, that is true. We have not yet gotten to that point. That won't come for another book, uh, <laughs> book and a half. Yeah. Uh, so we got a little bit. Um, well, that's good. And then we have ab ida, uh, so ab father. And the verb, yada, to know. Um, so perhaps the father knows or father of knowledge. Um, so that alongside training and, and, and inauguration could be a good thing happening here. But also we had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So maybe it's not a good, we, we, we aren't quite sure. Um... And then we have El Da'a, and obviously there's El in here, God, and uh, once again, possibly Yada, to know. So this could be God is knowledge, or God of knowledge. Or God um, is known. Exactly. So so this could be a really good thing for El Da'a. This guy's um, name is like, yeah, I, I promise I know God. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what's going to be interesting following Strife's line, um, spoiler alert, this is the one that I was saying to look out for, Midian. We're going to see that it's very likely that the Midianites did, in fact, know this this one true God of Abraham um, when we get to Moses. Um, so we've got, we've got a good while before we get there, but this, this upward trajectory of the names from gloom toward knowing God is going to be significant later when we get to Moses. Mm. So there you go. Um, all these were the sons of Keturah, and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his side pieces, he gave gifts. <laughs> when you say it like that. <laughs> that's that's what the word means. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I, wasn't, I, just, I wasn't ready for that. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then to, to his side pieces, you know. And then. Yeah. Um, yeah. He gave gifts while he was still living and sent them all away from well, his the, son. It was Isaac. the sons of his, of his side pieces. Yes. Um, and he sent them all into exile. He sent them all eastward. Wait, so did, did he give all that he had to Isaac or did he give gifts to his side pieces? Yeah, it's, it's, the, <laughs> There, there's definitely a, a hyperbolic um, interpretation of him giving all that he had to Isaac because he couldn't have given literally all of what he had to Isaac if he gave some to... Yeah. The, the idea is, like, he... While, while he was still alive, he gave gifts to his sons and sent them away out into exile, <laughs> like he had with Ishmael. But then, in his will he gifted the rest of his estate to Isaac after he passed. Yeah, Isaac got the the jackpot, basically. Yeah. He, he was still the one to receive the firstborn prophets. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's, that's prophets as in P-R-O-F-I-T-S, not P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Right. Exactly, yes. Oh, and man. Isaac got the prophets. They helped him very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they went eastward. That's not good. But that was, like, Abraham made them do that. <laughs> yep, yep. Like I said, he sent them out into exile. Um, they, th this exile isn't necessarily to punish them. It's more just, again, what, what was said with, with Ishmael and Isaac, hey, this one's not going to have part with my son. That's what Sarah said of Ishmael. Abraham is treating these sons the same way. They are not going to have a part of what what is what is Isaac's? Because Isaac is the one who Yahweh specifically gave as the one through whom everything would happen. 
So there's there's a a distinction being made between Isaac and the rest of his brothers. That's good. Yes, but also wasn't the whole point to to bring the the blessings to the rest of the world. So why exactly. are we sending people away? Yeah, why are we sending them into exile? Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a muddy thing. Like the intentions were likely good, but the way that it's being carried out seems a little bit iffy. As yeah. as I've said many times before, Abraham is very human. <laughs> yeah, he got them side pieces. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is almost an anti-Eden redemption moment here. Yeah. Yeah, we talked at the beginning about how he, he took the opportunity for redemption, but then it's kind of muddied by the fact that he has concubines. And why why is he always that, a little muddy? Yeah, because he's human. <laughs> why are humans always human. a little muddy? Because they're dust. <laughs> yeah, it's because we were made from the mud. No, it's, it's, it's because because we chose to eat from the tree, and we chose to determine good and evil for ourselves. And so Abraham is is... He's let God dictate some of the good, but he's also chosen to dictate some of the good for himself. Mm -hmm. And it results in this very mixed bag of a man who is one that God has chosen to partner with regardless. Come on, bro. You can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, so then... Uh, Picking up in verse 7, we get these are all the years of Abraham's life that he lived, 175. Ooh, um, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's so, nowhere near as many as we get in the first few chapters. Exactly, exactly. He's lived a long life, but there's there's still this continued diminishing in, in the length of days. Well, and it feels um, a little bit longer to us just because we got the details of his life. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, we've been with this guy for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, about half of his life. Um, we've been, well, crazy. yeah, for 100 years. Yep. Yeah, so a little over half his life. But yeah. Um, yeah, so we're told he breathed his last, died in a ripe old age. An old man with, uh, wait, an old man satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people. So he breathed his last, the breath of life left him. Mm-hmm. That's the we talked about the, the final exhalation. Yep. And like that's yep. the that's the the breath of life returning to the let's say the great spirit, but you know, the 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 wind source that is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. The spirit of Yahweh, the wind of Yahweh. Ruach. Yep. The Ruach Chaim. The breath of life. But yeah, so we're told that he, uh, um, that when he breathed his last, when when he gave back the breath of life, um, he had a gray head, um, Saba. <laughs> uh, whole or, head, yeah, oh my gosh. yeah, Sabah. huh? I said his whole head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, probably just the hairs on his head. Okay. Um <laughs> makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, so he, he died uh in old age, uh or with a with a gray head, literally. Um and uh it he was Tob and uh Zakane, old <laughs> and contented, uh Sabeah, so satisfied. Um, so he had, he had gray hairs, he was, he was good, and he was satisfied, and then he was gathered to his people, um. Have we we'll, seen that phrase before? That is a good question. We'll see it, we'll see it come up quite a bit. I don't think we've um, talked about this, this aspect. Like, what does that mean to be gathered see. to one's people? Yeah, no, this is the first time that we have it with reference to people. Um, the, the last time we saw this word was back in Genesis 6, um, 
when when God was telling Noah, find the edible plants and gather them to yourself, and it will be food for you and the animals. Mm. Ellen um, tells me this is a little bit different than that. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see this continue to come up. We uh, we reference the idea that this is related to the concept of. Um, again, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the verse in Deuteronomy. We keep calling forward to it, but we haven't gotten there yet. The idea that when God scattered the people from the tower, they were, uh, you know, sent to different territories and they, they were divided according to the number of the sons of God. And God took Israel as his portion. And so it seems that the, that the other people groups were allotted to different spirit beings and um we'll we'll get into what all of that looks like later but long story short i've continued to reference the idea that therefore the territory that you're in is is related to the god to whom you belong yeah and when you are gathered to your people the intention is to bring you to the territory of your god so that when the resurrection happens, your God can claim you, essentially. Yeah, and um, we we aren't exactly sure what the concept of the afterlife looked to some of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the one one of the general ideas is that when you die, that's it. Um, and the way that you live on is through your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the whole concept of Sheol, I don't know if we've even seen that word come up yet. I can't remember. Um, uh, good question. I think, I think it first comes up with Jacob. Um, but uh, the concept of Sheol being the underworld, very different from our modern conception of hell. Sheol being just where your dead body is exactly it's It's in the the earth yep Yep. um yeah yeah the first time we see it is with jacob yeah and and so uh with the concept of resurrection in that case or some sign some sort of afterlife in this time period because they wouldn't have had the same kind of idea that jesus presented Mm -hmm. um but the idea of resurrection where uh if they're if if god does do something and bring you back then your body needs to be in a place where it can be found mm-hmm. so that your spirit can return to it. Exactly. Exactly. Like you get one and body. So, yep. And so. And so that's part of why Abraham bought a cave in order to bury his family and in order to be buried in so that all of them would be in this one place to all be collected and restored, essentially. Yeah, having an unmarked come. grave is like a secondary death sentence. Like, mm-hmm. you're you're never getting another chance. Yeah, yeah. How is your God supposed to find you if if you're you're in an unmarked grave? And I'm sure that that passed on to, you know, we we have the um, pretty popular notion about like, oh, pirates had gold coins or gold earrings to um pay for a coffin or whatever mm-hmm. um if they died out at sea and that kind of thing it's like okay yep you you need to have a proper burial this idea has been passed from very ancient times of you don't just leave a dead body out that's exactly. not honoring to the people around you to the person itself it's not yep. good for the community yep R- regardless of the hygiene uh issues yep like on a yep. on a spiritual and interpersonal level Yep. That's not proper. Exactly. Yeah. And th- this was one of the especially shameful things when, when we get into New Testament times. A lot of the criminals who were crucified would have just kind of been cast into a collective pit, essentially. Um, not unlike the Valley of Gehenna. <laughs> exactly. Because they weren't, they weren't worth having the honor of a proper burial. Yeah, you've in, lost in, all in sense of mindset. person, all sense of exactly. of any respect by the community and your peers. Exactly. All of your humanity was stripped from you when you were crucified, and then this was just insult to injury, as it were. Um, and this is part of why 
we see Joseph of Arimathea specifically requesting Jesus' body in order to bury it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because he saw Jesus as being um, someone worthy of, of honoring in that way. Yeah. We, and we have and no... not worthy of being cast among the rest of the criminals. Yeah. We, we have no reason to believe that Joseph of Arimathea believed that Jesus would rise from the dead. It was right. literally just, no, this guy changed everything. Mm-hmm. He, he does not deserve to be thrown into the collective burial grave. Exactly. So, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sacrifice my place of burial for him. Mm-hmm. And he was old, yep. so... <laughs> yep. Or yep. we would assume he, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, so... Mm-hmm. Was he? Or he was at least an elder... But he, yeah, he he was he was at least a ranking member within the the Jewish religious political system. Yeah. Um. So he would have had to use that grave soon. <laughs> yep. <Jewish. laughs> um. So that that's a huge sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that that the, the reason I we went on this whole tangent is because that that kind of concept in the Bible starts here. Yes. Um, so yeah, now that we brought it back, um, so then we get that his sons, Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. Uh, so the cave that he bought for Sarah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zoar, the Hittite facing Mamre, uh, the field, which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, where Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife, or there Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. So, um, apparently Ishmael and Isaac, got back together um they 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 reunited ishmael's been out in the wilderness doing his nimrod thing um as we'll see in a little bit here um but apparently word was was brought to him that his father had died so he he reunites with isaac in order to honor their their father by putting him in the cave that he purchased alongside Sarah. Um, we'll see a similar thing happen with Jacob and Esau, who we, who we touched on at the end of this chapter when, when Isaac eventually dies. Oh man, spoilers. I can't believe. <laughs> <laughs> what, you thought Isaac was still around? Well, I mean, he, he just, he, like right now, no, I uh, mean, I mean, like today. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't because I've read the Bible, but <laughs> touche. I, I don't uh, think he's around here. I think he's around somewhere else. True. Um, but yeah, it came about after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac lived by Bear Lahai Roi. So we touched on this last time as well, when when Rebecca was brought to him. He was hanging out by Be'er Lahai Roi. Um, and it's still something that I just find very fascinating that that's the place where he chose to take up residence while while Ishmael was the one who really has a history with it. Um, well, for some know, Ishmael reason, was Isaac chose that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, yeah. he's not using it anymore. Exactly. This is the place with water. Was like, I good. want that well. <laughs> well, and, and you know, it honestly could have even partially been influenced by the spiritual encounter that Hagar had at the well. Yeah, that's um, very Because it's like, hey, this is a place where the spirit resides. So mm-hmm. um, regardless of what his concept of God's spirit was at that time. Right, um, so right. So he's like, hey, this is the, I'm probably going to get some blessing if I stick around here. Sure, sure. Could be similar to uh, what his son does with like, oh, God must live here. Let's let's yeah, set up God, a monument. Yeah, talk to me right and... here. So this rock must be the doorway to the heavenly realm. Yeah, this place is now the house of God. You're welcome, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, David's like, yep, I got an idea. You're welcome. And Nathan's like, yep, that's a great idea. And then God's like, that's not a good idea. That's right. God you said, guys? no, I'm going to build you a house instead. Yeah, and then David cries. It's pretty cool. <laughs> David uh, cries a lot. He does. 
for a warrior, he was a very sensitive soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, we're probably going to call call that there. So um, setting. We're not really given a, a super specific setting aside from like when Abraham was buried in the cave. Yep. But, uh, and then the regions eastward, but we can assume yeah. that they probably didn't go as far as Babylon, or at least not all of them. Yeah. Because that's, that's a different family's territory. That's Ham's, or yeah, that's Ham's territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, we'll see Midian, um, likely settled in, in a place that we'll, we'll get to. Um, no, even though it is, it is still Shem's territory. Over toward Babylon. Yeah. Where's Ham hanging out right now? Well, Canaan and Africa, mostly. A little bit of Turkey. Oh, right, right. That's right. Um, but those, but yeah, are, we those aren't... are not very nice shems. No. Um, but yeah, we aren't, we aren't entirely sure where exactly Midian um, ended up settling down. There, there are a few different ideas that all relate to trying to pinpoint where Mount Sinai is. Um there there are a number of candidates regardless midian is is going to settle somewhere close enough to where mount sinai would be that moses can go from midian to sinai to have the encounter with the burning bush yeah um, but it still could have been a few days away yeah um, it's just in relatively close proximity exactly compared to egypt <laughs> yep but he's the only one who we get we get a a specific idea of, of where, where his descendants would be. Yeah. The others, we don't have really a, a, an anchor point for them. They're just around in the East. Somewhere. Yeah. We, we don't care so much about them. They just exist. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, in terms of themes, um, from what we can extract from the names, um, there, there seems to be kind of some family infighting or, or at least some, some not so great stuff happening through most of Abraham's sons. Um, they have some, some pretty bummer names for the most part. Um, there, there does seem to be a threat of still knowing God through Midian, despite his name being Strife. Um, so there's that. Um, we have giving up the breath of life and being gathered to one's people. Um, we have the continued reminder that Abraham is human and, and is a mixed bag. <laughs> um, any other big themes that came out here? Nothing that I can really think of. Okay. Um, brain no mucho work today yeah fair enough so if there are I could miss it very easily sure um yeah in terms of characters uh obviously we have Keturah and all of her sons and a brief mention of Abraham's concubines because they had sons as well um apparently the the main characters of focus, Abraham, Isaac, um, who we'll, we'll get into Isaac and Ishmael later on in this chapter. They're going to be fairly important. Right now, Abraham's kind of the main dude of focus. Um, and, and Isaac is kind of at the, at the end of Abraham's life, emphasized a little bit because he's the one who receives the blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say again, Midian, because his descendants are going to be very important later. Um, but only a couple of them. Yeah. They don't show up very much. A couple of hundred of them just up ahead. <laughs> no, that's what the Midian said. That's right. <laughs> a couple of hundred of them giants up ahead. That's true. Um, all right. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, then in terms of significant words, I, I do think that gathered 
is important in this case um, because the concept of being gathered to one's people sure um, yeah. really finds its root here. Um, beyond beyond that, yeah, there there are definitely some names that are that are going to be worth worth noting. Um, I think Keturah's significance is significant because of the role she plays for Abraham following Sarah's death. Real quick, um, with yes. gathered. Um, I just thought that that's a different word than what's used in Genesis one. I wonder what is used in Genesis one. I'm going to go look real quick for gathering the waters together. Oh, sure, sure. Da -da -da. Permanent divide. Uh, let me gather together. Oh, that was Kava to wait. So they so, so they're all waiting together in one place, basically. Yeah. Um, let all the waters under the heavens wait as one. Hmm. Interesting. Right. Hang on. Oh, I exited out of the wrong one, but it's okay. We're almost done. Um. <laughs> that uh, that God, kind of. Sorry. Uh, and said, God, let wait together the waters under the heavens. Yeah. That that's the the very rough literal translation. Yeah. That kind of adds to like the the military language president president present in sure <laughs> in chapters 1 and 2, the idea of the waters being put in a place where they're waiting for orders maybe. Yeah, waiting but then, for God but, to tell them go here, go there. That that that's fair. But then from the human aspect, the waters are the like thing to you know be wary against sure sure um i'm not just that saying there was good, a lot of but like yeah. they're, they're they're the thing that's still kind of dangerous to you yeah absolutely i'm just saying there was a lot of military language present in those sure. chapters and that that may be another aspect to that i don't want to make too much of it but that that's where my mind went yeah i do um, the same thing so i'm i'm not Coming against you on this, yeah. I'm. I'm just saying. Uh, the humans might not have seen it that way. Yeah, for sure. I say as Very if I'm not a human too. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, for significant names, uh, I, I think Ketura is significant. Yeah. Um. Again, because of the the role that she plays for Abraham, and and her name kind of being indicative of that. Um, Midian again, just because Midian's going to be significant later. Mm -hmm. Um, are there any other names that stuck out as being like really important? Not off the bat. No, I, not that I can think of because we're not going to see any of these guys. Yeah, like I don't think that we hear from any of these guys ever again. Even the right. people groups that descended from Dedan. Mm hmm. Like, the fact that yeah. he has people groups named in his line seems significant, but then we never hear from them again. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. As far as I know, at least. Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything else that's necessarily a super pertinent word to what we discussed like i like the idea of abraham having a gray head um but that that's not really a, a super important word uh seba yeah so yeah these right. these name chapters just uh you want so badly to be like is this important i want it to be important but is it actually am i focusing exactly. too much on it or am i not focusing on it enough Right. The world may never know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of kind of a hard line to walk between not not dismissing information, but also not not making too much of little tidbits. Yeah, because I th I think it's super fun to go and be like, maybe we can dig into the lives of these people that we hear that we know, like you know get to know nothing about by mm -hmm. the names, but that. 
that's it. Exactly. Like, it was really fun to do that during the Table of Nations portion because we can see consistencies with the story on the Babel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you can't really do that with a lot of other places. Yeah, because um, we're just not going to see these people groups go anywhere. Yeah. Like, even even to the extent that we got to do it a little bit with the Battle of the Nine Kings. Mm-hmm. But that didn't really add anything except let us know these people are being attacked. Here's maybe yeah, what these I mean, people were it, like. It illuminated the the spiritual component to what was happening. Yeah. Um, because there were kings that had names which specifically spoke to the idea of like, hey, I belong to this god. And I'm yeah. doing this for this guy. That's true. Um, but like, um, as far as the, we, we didn't really get to explore much about the biblical story beyond that. It was just, Hey, yeah, here's another example of either rebellious spirits or rebellious humans doing things that are not good. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. it could be, it could be reduced so easily to just that. Um, since there wasn't a lot of auxiliary information that it could give us. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, that it provides those consistencies is still important. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, any other uh, comments or questions about any of this? Did that all make a sense? I think so. Right. If you have any questions out there, please feel free to let us know. We'd love to try to answer them. <laughs> uh, even if it's a question that you think is stupid. There are no stupid questions. Hey, we're all learning. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. this, whole, this whole point. We, exactly. We want to we learn. If you want to ask a question, feel free to ask a question. Like I said, if you need a sign to read your Bible, this is your sign to read your Bible. If you need a sign to ask us a question, this is your sign to ask us a question. Get in contact with us or anything like that. Yes. Well, on that note, thank you for joining us. Um, Our email is in the show notes if you have any any, uh, reason that you want to talk to us. (laughs) Um, We look forward to talking with you all. And next week, we are going to be finishing up Genesis 25. Um, we're going through, correct me if I'm wrong, 12 through 34 versus That's 12 it. through 34. Great. We'll be talking about the descendants of Ishmael and Isaac's sons. Join us next time as we read the Bible with fresh eyes to understand God for who he is on his terms. Grace and peace. Peace.